stand with us this morning. Let's give the Lord a good praise this morning. Lord, we praise you. Blessed be the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Blessed be the Church of God, you're in for a special treat today. The pastor's here, and it's going to be a beautiful, wonderful time in the Lord. And we've already felt his presence here, and it's already it's already a good day. We had a great service this morning, and uh, we're just going to have a great time here at the 1040 service. We want you to know a couple of things really quick. Tonight at 6 o'clock is the VBS program. They've had a wonderful time this week. All the kids have been running the church for the week, and it's been beautiful. And uh, tonight at 6 o'clock is Everest, their VBS program. And if you want a good seat, you better get here early because there'll be some parents with wide shoulders and a camera, and they'll be right in front of you. So if you want a good seat, get here early. But it's going to be a wonderful time. And I would also just like to say that we've come off a week of camp meeting up at Potter's House. It was a wonderful time, one of the best camp meetings that I've ever been a part of. And Sunday night, last Sunday night, the choir, the kids drama and different things. They did an absolute wonderful job. We should appreciate them. It was amazing, amazing time. If you were, if you were not able to be up there, I would suggest that you go to the Ohio Church of God website, find that service, because it was amazing. I know me and the pastor and other staff that was there, we were just beaming with, with pride. It was just beautiful, wonderful time. But here we are today together to have an awesome service, awesome church. We are excited that you're here, especially if you're visiting with us. We really appreciate you being here. If this is your first time, I would ask you just to remain seated, and then all the rest of us are going to get out. Somebody's going to come and give you some information, and we're going to get out, shake hands and welcome each other into the house of God today. Amen. There's no greater love than Jesus. There's no greater love than He gave. 
We're going to take communion this morning. We're going to talk about the blood and the sacrifice that Jesus gave. God gave His only begotten Son so that the battle could be won. It's not going to be won. It's already won. Washes me. Oh, it washes 
God, this morning, as you hold the elements of communion in your hand, would you just, just kind of hold them out there in front of you? And would you take just a moment in this place while the Spirit of the Lord is here? We're singing about the blood of Jesus Christ. Would you just begin to prepare your heart for communion? The Bible talks about let a man examine himself and then so let him eat of the, the bread and drink of that cup as communion is still being served. Would you, just, would you just hold those elements out and pray with me right now? Father, as we come before you, we thank you for the gift of life that comes through the blood of your son. We thank you for all of our sins. Your word says, though they be crimson, red as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. And Lord, we've come together in your house thankful. For Lord, if we were left on our own, we would not survive. We could not make it. We could never be good enough. We could never strive, Lord, to be perfect and to be acceptable. But oh, you have made the way. You have given us the gift of your precious son. We honor you today as we prepare our hearts to receive communion. Initially, set up by Jesus himself in the upper room with his disciples we thank you for this Lord thank you that this isn't just a church made tradition of man but this is something set up by our Lord you set this up yourself and so we follow you in this tradition and honor you today and we, we remember we remember what you've done for us we will not forget we give you honor we give you praise in Jesus name you know while you're holding the elements there I just feel led to share something with you you know we sing a lot about the blood and, and I know a lot of contemporary churches today tell us they say oh you know you need to get away from all that you know violence you know, make it more acceptable and we know and I've preached the message about the cross is offensive to those who are perishing. But to us who have received new life, it is our hope, it is our anchor, it is everything that we are. But you know, when you think about the blood of Jesus, let me, let me just teach you something for a moment. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary. Now, you don't need a biology lesson for me to help you to understand that when a baby is conceived and born it comes together with both all the the blood cells and all of the the, the DNA of mom and dad but you see Jesus was son of man he was the seed of Abraham but it is also he was the son of God and when the Holy Spirit overshadowed her there was no father except the Holy Father. And that father, he gave all that, you know, all of that. When he overshadowed her and she conceived in that moment, what that tells us is that the blood, the DNA of Jesus came only from God. So his blood was pure. His blood was divine. His blood was supernatural. 
His blood was sinless and spotless. And therefore, He is that blameless Lamb. So when we sing about the blood that He spilled and that He shed for us, we're not talking about man's blood, no. We're not talking about a battle scar or a battle wound or He gave His life for just humanity. We're talking about God coming down, becoming incarnate, living inside a human body with the blood and DNA that comes from the Holy Spirit of God. Pure, spotless. So when that blood was spilled for you and I, it was heaven's blood. Heaven's blood spilled upon this earth for the broken humanity that you and I now hold these elements. That's why Jesus said, as oft as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, remember what I've done for you our praise comes through the blood our divine salvation our eternal life our hope anchor and promise comes through the blood so when we sing about the blood and when we participate in communion we're participating in something very heavenly amen amen Paul writing about that night spoke these words he said for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for coming to this earth. Thank you for becoming Son of Man, you, Son of God. Thank you for the sacrifice and thank you for giving your perfect blood, your life for us, your body broken on Calvary's cross for us. We thank you for that this morning. And after the same manner also he took the cup and when he had supped he said this cup is the new testament in my blood this do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me and they drank all oh, the blood thank you lord for the sacrifice that washes my sins away thank you for eternal salvation thank you lord for the mercy and grace that is connected to the sacrifice, the mercy seat of Jesus. We honor you and we bless you this morning. For as oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show the Lord's death till he come. How many of you are looking forward to the coming of Jesus Christ? <laughs> Hallelujah. I know you've got plans, I got plans. There are a lot of things we want to accomplish and do, but you know, every bit of it. Every morning, fresh and brand new, I say, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. He's coming very soon. You and I have that hope and that promise through Christ. So as we celebrate this morning and we sing about the blood and we preach about the life that comes to us through Calvary, I'm telling you, we have something to praise God for. Amen? We have something to be excited about. God bless you. Nothing but the blood 
Nothing but the blood Nothing but the blood of There is power Power in the blood Power in the blood Power in the blood of Jesus Oh precious
There's a mighty river flowing. Mighty river. Mighty river flowing. In this place. Oh, we praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you. There's a mighty Verse, verse, 
Oh, we praise you, Lord. Did you come to rejoice in his presence this morning? We know where the river comes from. No matter what's going on in our life, no matter what we need, he's there for us and we know where to go. We've come this morning to honor him. We're gonna do something very special. I call it very special and I know it's the heart of pastor and all the other pastors on staff that this doesn't become routine for us. We're gonna join together in support of Israel this morning. We're gonna pray for them. His word says that those who curse Israel will be cursed and those who bless Israel will be blessed. I wanna stand among the blessed this morning. So let's lift them up, close our eyes, bow our heads. Father, we're in your presence this morning and we feel it. We've come to rejoice and to honor you this morning. It's our desire, Lord, just to live obedient lives and to bring you glory and to bring you honor. And in accordance to your word, we join together in support of your chosen people, Israel. Lord, we ask that you would be with the leaders, that you'd be with the families, the soldiers, the children. Lord, that you would protect their borders. Lord, we know your word says that Israel will never be defeated. Lord, we believe that. And we support that and we pray, Lord, that you would just minister to them during these difficult times. Lord, as we continue to look for you and we continue to allow you to use us to bring people to you, Father, because that's what it's all about. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. It is my distinct honor to introduce you. I love it when you do that. Let's do it again. Ready? Oh, this is little Miss Isabella Kate Tudor. This is her very first Sunday in her home church. Would you make her welcome? <laughs> See, cute. This is the little daughter of Rachel and Zane Tudor. And, oh, photo mom. Facebook. beautiful little girl. We're praying for her. She had a rough entrance into this world and she needs prayer. So how many of you will say a prayer for her? She's doing well, but we want everything to be right. We'll give her to the Lord. This morning, I have the distinct honor of being able to uh, let you know about something wonderful that's taking place. You know, I always say, when God closes one door, he opens another. Amen? We found this to be true, and, and a couple of weeks ago, we said, um, we said appreciation, and we, we thanked Valerie Luby for her service for our church, and she has done a tremendous and wonderful job as our director of nursery, and uh, we honored her, and thank you to so many of you who gave her cards and gift cards and things like that. Um, but in that process, you know, we, we worry about who in the world will take care of our babies, our infants, our toddlers, our preschoolers. And so we begin to pray. We don't just let anybody do that. So we uh, definitely have been praying about that. And, and someone came to our heart and mind right off the bat. And 
and we just took the flying leap and, and went and asked her and asked her to pray about it and she came back after she talked with her husband and uh, was excited and I'm telling you what she has done already she's blown me away she has just got all kinds of new ideas and she's brainstorming and she's doing wonderful ladies and gentlemen I would like to introduce you to our newest nursery director and toddler and preschool care giver for our church her name is Stephanie Miller Stephanie would you come there she is she has joined our staff and, and she's already she's hit the ground running as a matter of fact she timed this perfectly she said now pastor what time will you want me in the service because I get to get back to where I'm doing and I appreciate her so much she's efficient many people don't know this but this young lady mother and wife is a chemical engineer did you know that yeah I didn't think you did wonderful wonderful lady who loves God and loves children and I believe she's called to do this and one of the things I wanted to give her today is something I give to our staff it's something I've started doing here in the last couple of years and that's that I learned something when I was very young and I was a young man about 18 years old I came into the church at the old Harlem Park building and there was some stuff going on in the church and I had grown very close to Judy Trent who was Judy Lawson at the time and I remember she told me she said hey listen when you're in ministry and when you're in the church business she said you got to get skin like a turtle and I said yeah and she said you got to stay hard as a rock on the outside let things just roll right off your back she goes but then you stay soft as a little turtle on the inside and make sure the inside stays nice and tender and soft while the outside stays hard as a rock and I thought wow that's awesome and I can't count how many times I've done that and had that in my mind and then when I became youth pastor in 1989 one of the first things she did in my office that day was she said now don't forget she goes now you're working for the church she goes oh boy you better remember what I told you keep skin like a turtle and so she told me make sure you stay hard as rock on the outside when the arrows come and the attacks come and but stay soft and tender on the inside and then I became pastor eight years ago and she walked into my office the first day and she looked at me and I said I know skin like a turtle and she said absolutely got to keep skin like a turtle and it's it's been a running joke for us for years well a couple of years ago I started buying all of our staff I got them a turtle and so I want to give Stephanie a turtle. Welcome to our staff. I want to give you a turtle. And Stephanie, I want to tell you, you're working for the Lord, and you're working for the church and ministry, and you're working for our babies and our families. Tax are going to come. 99.9 .9 of these people are wonderful, friendly, godly, good people. There is a one half of a percent that just every now and again will make you cry. But when they do, she's going to do what? Get skin like a turtle. It's going to stay tough as nails on the outside and tender like you are in your spirit and tender before God and soft on the inside. Amen? We welcome you to our staff. These folks are going to be praying for you, and they're going to be supporting and rooting for you. God bless you. Welcome. We love you. Amen. Amen. 
and before Brian comes to take our offering this morning to, to give you an opportunity to give, I want to pray, have a quick word of prayer as we've prayed for Sister June Higgins, who's here. June, we, we love you. Your church loves you. And we have been praying for you. Her brother and sister-in-law were, it was the, the couple from Trenton that was killed this last week in a car accident. And uh, I was at the visitation yesterday and, and saw her and was there. And we also not only want to pray for Sister June, but their children who are having a very difficult time, as you can imagine. Uh, but also the town boulevard ministries. We want to remember them. Um, just tragedy in the last several weeks to have both of these type of accidents happen in their church. I just, is there, isn't it right that we care about that and that we are broken in our hearts for them? and that we pray for Pastor Birch and for the congregation there. So I wanna do that and, and I wanna pray. And also I wanna pray for Tanya. Tanya, I want you to stand. We love you very much. She is part of our congregation and uh, there with her mom. We love Tanya and if I, could, if I could change the winds and the waves, I'd do it. But uh, she, is, she is moving to Tennessee uh, to be with her family down there. Her daughter lives down there. We know you lost your son this last year and, and several couple of months ago, and we know that's been difficult for you, and this is a way for you to be close to your family, and we appreciate that, even though I've already told her I'm number one pastor, number two pastors in Tennessee. So uh, we love you. We're going to be praying for you. We love you very much, Tanya. She has given to our community. As you know, she has been general manager over at the Java Johnny's and done a wonderful job serving our community for years. Made it what it is. If you ever never, haven't been there and had the chili or the chicken salad, you need to go by there. And I hope they keep in the recipe. But uh, we love you very much and we're praying for you. Let's, uh, let's pray for these needs together. Sister June, we're praying for you. Father, as we come before you, we lift up our church family. We ask that you will touch and minister by your Holy Spirit that you will, Lord, bring comfort to these families. I pray especially for Sister June, that you would lift her up in, in the loss of her brother and sister-in-law. Pray that you would touch their children, God, as they're dealing with the grief and tragedy of this event. I pray in the name of Jesus, you'd be with them. And Lord, touch Pastor Birch, minister to the Town Boulevard Ministries. And Lord, let them sense and feel your comfort this morning, I pray that you would especially speedily come in, into their service as they're ministering and meeting right now. We ask you, Lord, bless their music, favor them with the presence of God, and let them feel the sweet comfort of the Holy Ghost as we honor and thank you, Lord, that we can trust and turn to you in times of difficulty. Pray that you would touch Tanya, keep your hand on her as she embarks to Tennessee. Lord, we wish her the best, and, and she'll always be at home when she comes back to Middletown. We pray your blessings on her, comfort on her in this new adventure, God. We pray for plenty of peace, joy, and happiness. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Our ushers are coming to serve us this morning as we prepare to give. I'd like to share a scripture with you in the book of Genesis, first chapter. This is back before the fall of man, this is back before sin entered the world. It says in verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created him, male and female, he created them. I share this scripture with you this morning because it has a tremendous significance for the times that we live in right now. 
We live in the times that the Apostle Paul wrote Timothy about the difficult days, the last days before the coming of Christ. We live in a dark world, a world where Paul wrote about the people would be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, incapable of loving one another and forgiving, rebellious, disrespectful. We live in that day right now. And we live in a world where people have forgotten who God is. There's so many religions out there. There's so many things for people to get involved with, so many philosophies, so many ideas. And people have forgotten who God is. And more than ever, his remnant, his church needs to stand up and show them who he is. And as we read through God's word, and I've shared this before and pastor shared this morning, as you go from book to book, chapter to chapter, from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, you're gonna see two things about God. One is that he's a lover and two, that he's a giver. So the best way we can show the world who God is, is by loving one another, truly loving one another, not just by words, but by expression, by acts of love. And we do that through our giving. So this morning we have an opportunity to show someone that may have walked in here this morning has no idea who God is. We have an opportunity to show them this morning through our giving, through our demonstration of our love to our eternal Father. And then this should be a daily task for us every day. I love what Pastor Cameron shared, and I shared this with a group of people from Esperanza. I love it, and I wanna make that my motto. He says when he goes into a room, he wants to find a way of how he can make a difference, how he can bless someone. And that's the attitude that we should have every day as we live. How can we make a difference in someone's life? How can we love them? How can we bless them? How can we show them the true God, the one and only God? Because the world's gonna show them everything else. And we are the ones that were created in his image, amen? So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you this morning. Lord, first, because we love you. Lord, we wanna demonstrate our love for you through our giving. It's our desire that we would be true images of your son, Jesus Christ, that they would see that our, our heart is full of love, Lord, and that they would see that through our giving. We give to your kingdom work this morning, Lord, because we believe in you, believe in what you wanna do through your church. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen.
Well, go on and praise him. Don't do it halfway. Let's give him glory. Let's give him honor. He is the fountain of life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He is our God. He is a mighty God. He's not just some God. He's not just a rabbi or a prophet or a good guy. He's not just somebody that was president or prime minister. He's not just a good team player. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. He deserves your praise. He deserves your loyal praise this morning. Hallelujah. Man. Don't fall into the trap of getting excited about everything else in the world and forgetting the one who gave his life for you. Be excited about Jesus this morning. Wow. I'm feeling good. I'm excited about him. I was excited when I looked up and saw that beautiful sky this morning. I was excited when I heard the first tune at the 8.30 service. I was excited. Because I didn't come in here as pretty as you are. I didn't come in here for you. I didn't come in here for my family. I didn't come in here for my friends. I didn't come in here because it's some religious duty. I came in here because I knew the man, the son of the living God was going to meet me here. He said wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, I will be there in their midst. Oh, hallelujah. He's here today. The Lord is here. Oh, you didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. Choir, you didn't hear me. I said, the Lord Jesus Christ is in the building. Woo! Wow. Praise God. I'm telling you what, it don't matter what you've been through. It don't matter what kind of heartache, what kind of trouble or trial you faced. You got something to praise God for. You got God. That's enough. You got God. And he's here this morning. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. Listen to this. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he also has made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding, y'all, I don't think you're hearing me, and upholding all things by the word of his power. Wow. Wow. He merely speaks to the boundaries. He speaks to orbits. He speaks to the cosmos. He speaks to the planets. He speaks and his powerful word is enough. He don't have to break a sweat. He don't have to work out. He don't have to do anything. He just speaks. Woo-wee. 
when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Do you know who we're worshiping today? Do you know who Jesus really is? Do you have it in your mind at all? Conceive at all how amazing, powerful, mighty, majestic, kingly he really is. Do you know him today? No song. Do you know him today? Can you turn him away? Jesus. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8. This is the exciting news that goes along with all that the word does to describe who Jesus really is. You ready? Hang on. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He has not changed. He is unmovable, undefeatable, unchangeable. He is the awesome, omnipotent God. And He is here today. Amen. Come on, one more time. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. I used to love Kathy Turner. You used to bring the house down. You'd sing a song and she'd say, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have him than riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hands. I'd rather have Jesus than men's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. And I'd rather be true to his holy name. Then she broke out and she said, then to be the king of a vast domain or be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords. Can you say amen? Amen. Father, we ask your blessings on your word this morning. Touch me to be able to get out of the way. Touch me, God, to be able to speak your word today that changes and transforms lives as it was meant to. Oh, and I pray for every man, woman, boy, and girl, under the sound of my voice, speak to us. Speak to us. Challenge us by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Because of who he is, because of what he's done, you and I, we're going to rise. There's a peace I've come to know, though my heart and flesh may fail. There's an anchor for my soul, I can say it is well. Jesus has overcome and the grave is overwhelmed the victory is won he has risen from the dead and I will rise when he calls my name no more sorrow, 
no more pain I will rise on the eagle's wings before my God I'll fall on my knees I'll rise I will rise there's a day that's drawing near when this darkness breaks to light and the shadows disappear and my faith shall be my eyes Jesus has overcome and the grave is overwhelmed the victory is won he has risen from the dead and i will rise when he calls my name no more sorrow no more pain i will rise on eagle's wings before my lord fall on my knees and rise can you hardly wait oh i will rise i hear the voice of me Worthy is the Lamb, and I hear the cry of every longing heart. Worthy is the Lamb, and I hear the voice of many angels sing. Worthy is the Lamb, and I hear the cry. Of every longing heart, worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. I will rise when He calls my name, Ray. No more sorrow. No more pain, I will rise on eagle's wings before my God, fall on my knees and rise. Are you going to rise this morning? Are you going with me? Oh, I will rise. Thank you, Jesus. I will rise when He calls my name. I will rise. Praise God. Give Him praise this morning. Give Him glory and give Him honor. Because he lives, 
I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because he lives, I know who holds tomorrow. It's all in his hands, amen? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven on earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father can you say amen give the Lord praise for his word that name, that name that is above every name, that name. You know, I, I used to have a little confusion when I was young because I was watching television one time and, and, and one of the, the baseball players back then, I think it was on the Reds, the, one of the players way back when I was a child, I'm only 29 now, but when I was a child, one of the players on the team was named Jose and they spelled it Jesus. And I was confused as a young man. I was just like, well, that ain't Jesus. Jesus plays ball. I didn't know Jesus was into baseball. And I was like, mom, how come some lady named her son Jesus? I said, I thought there was only one Jesus. When I pray, how do we know we're praying to the right Jesus? And she said, oh, baby. She said, there's only one Lord. There's only one God. His name is Jesus. She goes, and other mothers, they've named their babies Jesus. But she said, don't worry. God don't get them mixed up. See, I can say, Jesus, Jose, hey, Jose. And I can talk to my friend and wave at him, and it's nothing, nothing really earth-shattering happens. I, I can come in, and I can say, hey, man, what's happening, Jose? And, and you know, nothing the room don't change. Nothing happens. My, my life isn't transformed. But I say that name, Jesus, that's connected to a connotative term, connected to him in Isaiah. And I say, Emmanuel, God with us. When I begin to call on Jesus that, that has several connotations, several descriptions that, that go along with his name, like Prince of Peace and bread of heaven, bread of life, and the morning star, the lily of the valley. When I begin to say the name that's connected to the stars, the sun, and the moon, when I begin to speak his name and then begin to pray in that name, while the earth begins to tremble and the outer limits of the spiritual world begin to shake, rattle, and roll, there's something that's transformed. As a matter of fact, at the very mention of his name, de demons begin to tremble. The outer world, the underworld, where he has been conquered, they began to shake and they begin to get upset and they begin to run. The Bible says that if we resist him, not in our own name, but in that name that is above every name, when we come representing the name of the Lord, I'm telling you, that brings power. 
power. The mention of his name has transformed lives. I've seen the power of his name heal a body that was broken and, and, and hurting. I've seen that name take a drunk that was in the outback of Australia, Gary. And they, literally, we were there in service in the outback years ago. And we were, we, a drunk couple came in while we were singing. The choir was singing. And we were testifying and preaching. And the next thing you know, at the end of service, this couple that had come in drunk as skunks literally walked out sober and saved. God, the name mentioned, Jesus, Jesus. It's an author and the finisher of our faith. It's the first and the last, the alpha and the omega. That name, oh, don't ever worry. Heaven, don't get it confused. It's a name that has been given that is highly exalted. And it's the name that all power has been given to in this earth. Fevered brows have been cooled. Blinded eyes have been opened. Deaf ears have been unstopped. Sinful chains have fallen to the ground. Dark nights have turned to day. Weeping has turned to joy. Hope has been replaced with despair. As a matter of fact, I even remember at the sound of that name, that very Savior calling on the name of Lazarus, a dead man began to shake in his boots and came back to his body and literally walked out after being dead for four days. Devils tremble, saints have shouted, and angels have bowed over that name. Would you say his name with me this morning? Jesus. Come on, say it again. Jesus. H.G. Wells once listed Jesus as number one on the ten most famous men in all of history. That was considered in the world to be a high honor. A lot of folks were happy about that. They were like, they thought it really did good for the cause of Christ. But I would beg to differ with you, and I know Charlie Brandenburg well enough to know he'd agree with me. I beg to differ. I don't see that as such a high compliment. As a matter of fact, sometimes I see that as the problem that we've got today. You say, what do you mean? Because it seems to me that we have relegated the name of Jesus down to an ordinary man. We have brought him down to a standard that looks a lot like the Mount Sinai scenario when the children of Israel were tired of waiting on Moses and, and they literally down at the bottom there were doing their own thing and dancing their own dance and they were having their own good time and they looked at Aaron and they told him make us a God that we can talk to make us a God that we can worship make us a God that we can manage so Aaron collected all of their contributions I won't even go there. That's another whole message. Aaron collected all their tithe and all their offering and all their contributions, the gold. And he made him a real fine God. Made it out of gold, beautiful calf. Put it out there in the middle of it and had the audacity. I wonder what heaven thought. Caleb and Jennifer, it's good to see y'all, married couple. Good to see you back home from your honeymoon. Y'all quit. He gathered all the children of Israel around after they'd whined and complained and griped because God was too scary and God was too far. And God, he, they saw that lightning and that thunder and that, those dark clouds rumbling up there in the top of that mountain. And they were like, man, no, you, you go, you go, Moses. You go talk to him. We, 
they had already gotten to where they didn't want all that flash. And they didn't want all that lightning. They didn't want all that intensity. I mean, can't we just have a God that, that's neat and clean and, and, and simple and it fits into our schedule, fits into our life. And we can actually, you know, become very familiar with him. So many are doing that today. In Revelation, the Bible says, be wary and be careful and be warned that in the last days, men will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. What does that mean? Itching ears. That means they want people to tell them what they want to hear. And they like it to be like that. They want it to be like that. Tell me I'm okay. Tell me I can just live any old way I want to. Tell me I don't have to be so fanatical and dedicated to a God up there I can't see. And Aaron had the audacity to give them their calf. I don't ever want to be a part of this in this modern present day. And he unveiled it before them, Missy, and he pointed to them and he said, some of the most hurtful words in all of Scripture. He looked at the children of Israel who had come through the Red Sea. He looked at the children of Israel that had been delivered time and time and time again. Had God sent prophets and deliverers and leaders. And here they stood before this golden calf. And Aaron said, Behold, Jehovah. Behold, Jehovah who delivered you from Egyptian bondage. And the Bible says they danced. And they danced and shouted and sang. And they had their good old time. And they were worshiping all around this manageable God. This God that fits. This God that's not so scary. This God that's cute. It fits real nice into my schedule and into my life. It doesn't impose on me. Heaven bid farewell to the sun on Bethlehem's first night. Who knows what angels sang and what songs, what dances. As God in his great love for humanity said, I cannot lose them. I can't lose them. So Jesus left. Down he went and the Holy Spirit, as we know, overshadowed Mary beautifully. The story of the conception of Christ which is a beautiful mystery and yet at the same time amazing. There she was with child and gave birth to the Son of Man, Son of God. And he lived his life, he shed his blood, sacrificed for all of playtime, sinful time selfishness and evil and wickedness of the world. And we dare 
we dare to look up into the heavens and say, fit my schedule. Fit my life. Don't expect too much. Don't demand too much. Well, if you do, I'll just go somewhere else where someone will tell me everything's okay. I'm here to tell you this morning, it may not be popular. It may not hold up and churches by and large are starting to empty out that hold to these statements. But he didn't die for me to stay wrapped up in my junk, my sin. He didn't die. He didn't sacrifice for no standard. There is a stand. Is it okay to say this in 2015? There is a standard of righteousness that is a gift. You can't win it. You can't earn it. You can't do anything to get it. It's impossible for you to be good enough for you to be smart enough, it's impossible for you to save yourself, fix yourself. It's impossible. But understand, it is a gift. A gift of righteousness. A gift of deliverance. Sin now has no dominion over the child of God. So we live our lives in consecration. Sometimes we think it's better, and sometimes we even make excuses. Sometimes we even use our prayers to be a crutch to keep us from obedience. You don't need to pray about some things, folks. It's just right here. Obey the Word of God. Obey the Lord. In how you live, how you treat one another, how you walk and talk. I mean, it ought to be so, more, so much more clear than, than it is. I mean, even in church. I mean, I am amazed. A, a, a Christian will read the things in the, in the Bible that we're not supposed to do. And they do them. And still shout. And still worship. And still do their religious thing. I am absolutely amazed. And yet, at the same time, I'm not surprised that the world looks at us and says, you're a joke. There ain't no transformation. There ain't no change. Let me just tell you something. It all goes back to the name of Jesus. It goes back to who he is. It goes back to what he's done. It goes back to our appreciation for what he has put together. When I walk outside and I don't go floating off into space, I know his word has commanded the boundaries of gravity. When I understand and look out there in a starry night, I see how he has designed it, put it all into place, and the stars are in the same place they were a thousand years ago because he has ordered it so with his word. He is a God that is in control. Sometimes we live our lives like God is chaotic, like God is always 
absenteeism is his big problem. Like he doesn't know what he's doing, that he's a bad manager and a bad administrator. Let me just tell you something. He has set all things in order and he is in control. And he's a God that if he can do that out there in the world, listen to me. If he can do it out there, then what's your trouble with believing him for taking care of you? He can take care of you. He can help you. He can strengthen you. He can heal you. When I pray for folks in the altar on Sunday morning, I, I let them know straight up, it is not me. I can't heal you. I can't fix you. I don't even have wisdom. The only thing I'll tell you to do is go to Kroger's and get a Diet Coke with lime because that's the best. That's all I'll tell you. I'm still praying for all you Pepsi people. God help you. If you'll just trust the Lord and obey, Cameron, God will save you from that. Every time we go somewhere, it's a little struggle. Do you have Coke or Pepsi? One of us is going to smile, and the other one's just going to roll our eyes. Coke's the real thing, <laughs> baby. <laughs> I don't have any wisdom in myself. I have nothing to give you. I have nothing to say to you. All I know is that he asked me to study and to pray and to get a word. And let me tell you, you know why Camp Meeting was so good? It wasn't so great because there was like... You know, all these great speakers, although they were great speakers, and all great singers, even though I was so proud Sunday night. Man, Stratford Heights blew it out. They did such a great job. I was standing there, and some lady from another church in Oxford literally took my picture because she said, you could not, you were going to bust out of yourself. You were going to bust out of your jacket if you just did another minute. And she took a picture of me. She said, I look so silly. But it wasn't all of those things that made camp meeting good. We have that every Sunday. We, have, we understand and know it isn't about the vocals. It isn't about the good word. It isn't about the teaching abilities and all the smarts that man has. What it is, it's about God coming down in his presence and fervor and fire. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey. Now I've got too much to go to heaven for to turn it down now. I've got to get there. And I am determined that I'm going to follow his presence wherever he leads me. And he led me. I mean, every night I walked into camp meeting the first night and God blessed and touched. The second night was a direct word for me. And I went down to the altar and it was awesome. And the next night, a direct word for me. And I was like, God, I can't take anymore. You've already filled me up. And he said, oh, you just wait. And he brought me back the next night. And the sure word of the Lord. I left out of that place with so much inside me. I was fed and until I was fat in the spirit. And I couldn't hardly walk out of that church. But I walked out with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I couldn't hardly wait to get back here to tell you something. There is power, power, wonder working power in the blood of Jesus Christ. There's power in the name of the Lord. He's not just a man among men. Get him out of that box. Get him out of the common man. He's not that. He is not just a good rabbi and a good prophet and a good preacher and a good teacher. He's not a man among men. He's God among men. And he's a powerful, powerful deity. He is a mighty God. And he can touch you. He can change you. He can transform your life. He is powerful. Oh, if Satan only knew. If Satan had only known what the cross was going to do, 
At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. And the burden of my heart, soul rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. And now I am happy all the day. If the devil had only known what the cross was going to do. You see, I heard a lady say this at the camp meeting this last week, and it, it tickled me a little bit. Doug, she, she leaned over and she said, yes, you know, someday Jesus is going to, he's going to defeat that old devil. Oh, if I'd just known her well, I'd have walked over to her and I would have said, honey, he defeated him three times. He's already defeated him three times. You say, what do you mean? Now, we know he defeated him at, at, at Calvary. Yeah, we know that. But let's, let's go back in the Word a little bit. Do you remember when Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, he said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. God and Jesus specifically beat the devil in heaven long before he ever came to earth. That was number one. He said, I saw. I like that because that means he was sitting back on his throne and he was just watching. He was just like, yo, blood, have fun. He was out, out of there, man. He ordered him right out, and out he went. He was cast down, cast out, thrown out, banished to the earth. And then that wasn't enough because we get down here, and all this is going on. And Jesus says, looks at the Father, and he says, well, here we go again. He says, send me down there. And he went down there, and, and he the devil, and him are in his big old mop boxing match, you know, that they, especially in the wilderness. They got the devil tempting him, and he's throwing back the word, and they're all coming back and forth. And then we've got Calvary, and Jesus dies on the cross. And when he dies on the cross, he, he comes back on the third day. And as he walks out of that tomb, I guarantee you, he was looking right at the devil's face. He was like, ah, did you see that? It's been something going on with them for a long time. I know the devil thought that he defeated the, the, the Lord. He thought he had won. You say, how do you know that? That ain't true. I mean, the devil, he's smarter than that. He probably figured all that out. No, listen to what it says in the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 8. It says, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. He didn't know nothing. And then Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15 says, And having spoiled principalities and powers, spoiled, I mean, took all their weight, took all of their goods, took every bit of their plant, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly. I like that. The Lord don't do anything in secret like that. When he gets a victory in your life, when he literally puts the devil out on your situation, he is going to do it openly. He's going to publicly humiliate the devil. The devil thought he had you, but God reached out and grabbed you, took you, brought you up, set you up on a hill. And God's going to give you a testimony. God ain't going to heal you in secret. God's not going to fix you in the dark. God brings light out, and light exposes everything. It brings it all out, and that is the issue that the devil hates, man. He can't stand it. Triumphing over them. Thirdly, Satan was not only, secondly, defeated on earth when he rose up out of that grave and come walking out. Man, that was the second defeat. But think about it. The, Jesus was like, no, third time's a charmer. You know, he took a trip. He went down right into hell. You mean scary hell? Yeah. He went down to hell. You mean he went to the place where the demons are? Yeah. He walked right in. 
He come running down through there. He probably had some angels that went with him to give him a little soundtrack. You know, Jesse. I'm sure he didn't just go down there with nothing, you know, just creaking through the crack caverns. No, he walked down there and there was some kind of Star Wars theme coming behind him. And he's walking down through there and he looks and he's like, where is he? Where is he? All the demons hiding and crouching back and, and he's like, where is he? Where is he hiding? Where is he at? He finds him. He's like, oh, there you are. Hey, dragon, slow, slew foot, liar, deceiver. You got, you, you got what was coming to you in heaven. Then you got it on the earth. But guess what? I came down here to secure my victory. Give me the keys. I want the keys. And I want to know where you're hiding Abraham. I want to know where you're hiding all the prophets. I want all of those guys. I'm taking them out of here because we're done with you because this is it. So when you think that the enemy's got an advantage over you, when you think that he is going to take you out or take you down, when you think your troubles are bigger than your God, think again because he's almighty, powerful God, and he's speaking over your life today, and he's going to bring the victory. You are coming out. Oh. Oh. You're coming out. If you'll get a vision of who he is, if you'll get a vision, an idea of who he is and the power that is just in his name, when you say his name, everything around you begins to change. Everything around you begins to fall apart. Jesus, say it in your sleep. Say it in the dark. Say it in the hospital. Say it when you're all alone. Say it, Jesus. When you say it, the things around you begin to tremble and shake and the power of his spoken word is realized over your life. Christians are walking around with a whole lot less than they need to. I'm telling you, there is victory, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me by his redeeming blood. Y'all are wearing me out. I'm going to close with this. Paul said, oh, goodness. Thank you, Lord. I feel him all the way to my feet. Somebody in here needs to turn their life over to the Lord. Somebody in here needs to get healed today. Somebody in here going to get filled with the Holy Ghost right there in your seat. If you would trust in God, the power of the Holy Spirit is here. The power of God is here in his house. And he's looking for people. He's looking. I believe he's walking up the aisle. Who sees me? Who knows who I am? Who dares to believe me? Who's got faith the size of a grain of a mustard seed? Who will say under that mountain, move over to yonder place? Who's got the bravery? Who's got the courage? Are they in the choir? Are they on the back row? Where are they this morning? I've got the faith to move the mountain in my life. Oh, the Holy Ghost is here. Stand with me all over the house. Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. What Paul was saying right there was he said, I need to remember who he is. If I will remember who he is, I will not be ashamed. Paul said in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the power of God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. I'm not ashamed to dance. 
I'm not ashamed to shout. I feel so sorry for folks who don't know him. I feel sorry for folks who walk around just, oh, just the devil, just the devil, the devil. Get him off your back. Jesus defeated him once, twice, three times. You've got the victory if you'll stand in it. You've got the victory if you'll walk out of it. Somebody says, well, how do you know the Lord's going to deliver me? Because he already has. Get up. Walk out. Let the Holy Ghost have his way in your life. Let him speak to your situation. Let him change your circumstance. He's already done the work. You just walk out. Some of y'all are going to walk out to your car and you're going to be light as a feather. You're going to be like, you mean I can just walk in it? Yes, you can. Uh, you got the authority to say that? No, I don't. But in his name, all authority has been given. So walk out in the name of Jesus. Say amen. amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're here this morning. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. He's your Savior. He gave his life for you. He wants to save your life. He wants to turn your life around. He wants to set you on a solid foundation. He wants to turn your life around. He wants to change it. He wants to fix the deception and the lies in your mind. He wants to fix all the confusion you've been under. And you need to think straight, think right, think right, and walk right. And it starts today. You need Jesus in your life. If you're here today. You need him. I want to see your hand way up. We're going to pray for you. One, two. Anybody else? Three, four, five, six. Anyone else? Praying, Christians. Pray. Six of us. Anybody else? Seven. Anybody else? Eight. Anybody else? I need saved. I need Jesus, man. I just need him to be my Lord. I need him in my life. Anyone else? I'm waiting. Just a few minutes. I'm talking about salvation is going to turn you upside down. Nine. Anybody else? Salvation is going to turn you upside down. Amen. Amen. All right. Do me this favor. Reach over and take someone by the hand. You've made the wisest choice and decision of your life. Your life is going to turn around. Things are going to change. It's going to be amazing and awesome. I'm telling you, it is not because I said it. It's not because you're at the Stratford Heights Church. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with who he is. He made the earth and the moon and the stars. He put the sun out there just perfect this morning. And he is going to put your life back together like a puzzle. He's going to fix your heart. It's going to happen right now. We're going to pray a prayer right where you are. And then the whole church is going to pray. We're all going to pray together over our own situations. We all need to remember who he is. But right here, right now, we're going to pray a prayer. As you leave today, there's a discipleship booth out in the lobby crosswalk it says a big sign we want you to go by there pick up a bible and pick up some information there's gonna be somebody there that wants to help you in your walk with the lord they won't take anything from you there ain't no money it just has they want to talk to you and give you some information free of charge go by there and see them today after we pray but pray and as you pray remember it's words from your heart if it's just words you're speaking for somebody else or because you feel like maybe you should or it's just words, amen. It's, it's, it's weightless. It has no power. But if you mean this from your heart and you really want the God of heaven, Jesus Christ, the one and only Lord, to, to save your heart and soul, then he's going to do it right here, right now in this prayer. If you mean it with all your heart, the Bible says, as a man, if a man believes in his heart 
and confesses with his mouth, he is saved. So believe it. Let's all say it together. Church, help me. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you into my life. You are the Son of God. You died on the cross. You rose from the dead. You purchased my salvation. It's my free gift. I receive that today. I believe it today. I confess it today. So according to your word, you as Lord of my life means I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm going to heaven. I'm as good as anybody else. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, Christians, I want you to do me. I want us as a church to do this right now. I want you to know who he is. I want you to remember who he is. I want you to, to, to pray this morning. I want us to pray on our way out. I want you to just politely and lightly place your hand on someone's shoulder standing right beside you. We're, we're going to become prayer partners in this place. I want you to just find somebody you can lock up with right there. Don't, don't push them. Don't knock them down. Just politely touch them. Once you look at that person, I want you to say, he's powerful. He's going to transform your life. He's going to change your life. He's going to fix what's happening. Some marriages need fixed today. Oh, I feel God. Marriages need fixed today. You can't do it. You've tried already. It's impossible. But Jesus has power. Jesus can do it. Some of you need fixed on the job. You need fixed in situations. You got family troubles. You got stuff, friendship troubles. You got things going on. Some of you need things to happen at the house. I'm telling you, God's the God of power. He's going to fix it. I believe he's going to intervene right now. Let him be God. Let him be your deliverer. Let him be your, your rescuer. Someone here today, you've been flirting around with trouble. You've been flirting around with the world. You've, you're half in, half out. One in, one foot in, one foot out. It's time to make a decision. Jesus is coming. You've got to get right. You've got to get things squared away and quit playing games. Quit playing church and quit playing like you're one thing when you're not. It's time to come clean and be real. You need to do it right now. Pray for one another right where you're standing. Just begin to pray for one another. In the name of Jesus, bring deliverance, Lord. Bring rescue, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the powerful name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for restoration. We thank you, Lord, for joy. We thank you, Lord. De depression has got to go. Suicidal thoughts have got to leave. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you this morning for joy. We thank you for happiness and peace. We thank you, Lord, for your victory in the lives of your people. Marriages put back together. Families put back together. Kids and young people back in the arms of God. I pray for restoration in the home. I pray, God, for there to be joy in the house. I pray for that company, that job. I pray for favor. I pray for blessing. I pray, God, the trouble and turmoil they're meeting about this week, the committees that are coming together. I come against it in Jesus' name. Let the child of God be delivered and have favor in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you. We honor you and we bless you and we will go from this house, Lord, excited about what you're speaking and what you're doing on our behalf because you are the almighty, powerful God. In Jesus' name. Oh, there it is. I said it. In Jesus' name. Say it with me. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Now hold up. I want to show you this. This is going to be out in the lobby. This is just a sneak peek right now. We are doing, we've been telling you that we are trying to do everything through the Clayton Street Mission new ministry of outreach to our church. We're wanting to do as much as we can to reach into our community. There'll be lots of things we do. We want to go to the hurting. We want to go to the homeless. We want to help feed, clothe, and visit folks. We want to go to the jails. We'll continue to do all that. But how many of you know there are other people that need saved too? There are other families that need to know that Jesus loves them. So we are doing something. I, I want to show you this. We're doing a Clayton Street Mission Outreach called Tote Ministry. Taking outreach to everyone. It's breaking news. This year we've adopted the students of Highview Sixth Grade Center. We're going to bless them. You're not going to believe what we've decided to do. Some of you go to that, to that school. If you've got family and you've got kids, you know one of the biggest struggles that you have or you face in the course of a year is that big old list of school supplies and things you got to get for them. How many have had that struggle before yourself? Amen. Some grandparents are saying, I'm still doing it. We want to help what we've decided to do. This is crazy. It makes no sense whatsoever, but we're going to do it anyway. Because God has shown us that this is what he wants us to do. We really believe this is going to bless families. Every family at the Highview Sixth Grade Center, every family is going to have their school supplies supplied by the Stratford Heights Church of God. We're going to minister to all of them. Every family in Middletown that's a part of that. It's huge, it's big, and it's only the first one. So if you go to Carlisle or Edgewood or Franklin, don't worry, we'll get there. We're going to start where we live, right here in Middletown. And as we do this, we're going to start reaching other ways. We're, like I said, the jails and the outreach centers, the homeless shelters, we're going to do all that. We've got plans for big things. But the first thing, well, the second thing, actually, because we've already done one thing, you didn't know that when that apartment fire took out last year, you, some of you don't know that the Clayton Street Mission's first project was to take care of 31 families that were burned out of their apartment. We took care of buying them clothes and supplies and food. We paid for hotels so their families could be together. Did you even know you did that? You did that. We're well on our way to being an outreach church and a church like we want to be. So I want you to help us. I want you to see the signs. Make sure you're helping. I've already decided. I'm going to adopt five kids. Then we'll buy their school supplies for next year. And they, they better know that I'm, I'm expecting pizza in return. No, I'm kidding. Anyway, God bless you. That's just a sneak peek. It's coming. God bless you. Amen. On your way out, we do have two quick announcements. If you are part of Teen Talent, if you are a parent, a guardian, you're part of Teen Talent, we have a meeting right now in the choir room just beyond this wall over here. Also tonight, if you're a volunteer, you've gotten a, a message about a volunteer meeting. It was supposed to happen in the gym. It's going to be happening in the choir room at 5 o'clock. And I want you to know that Pepsi is the best. God bless you all. We'll see you later. And we want to remind you again about 6 o'clock about the children's program. So I'm here.